Perfect. All right, let's get the show on the road. The Unsucklebell podcast is back and I am back. Um, but it feels kind of lonely in here because it's just two of us today. I'm joined by Josh. Josh, how's it going, buddy? Just the two of us today? Hey, but that doesn't mean we don't have anything interesting to talk about. Exactly. The rest of the boys, they're, they're busy. It's okay. It's, you, we had an executive decision. We, you chose me over Philippe. For, so for that, I thank you. But I am excited. We got some pretty nice touching talking points today that honestly I'm excited to touch on with you. Yeah, I think we actually have some really good stuff to talk about. Um, not going to be a massively long podcast today. Just more of a, like a little catch up. Um, I think we should start with maybe the game of the weekend, Josh. Um, the Klassiker between Bayern Munich and Dortmund. Um, yeah, we did, I did a preview pod on this Um Already from on game pressing, it was on Twitter space as well as you, uh, you listened in, I think, as well, uh, with Stefan Piankowski. So, like, we did quite a bit on there too. But, um, you know, as a Dortmund fan, I'm kind of cu- curious how you feel about this game because it's it's kind of an odd one. Like, you know, Rosa said on Thursday that there's nine players are going to be missing. Um, Bayern Munich can, of course, wrap up the German championship. Um, that I think kind of makes it interesting for Dortmund because they probably don't want Bayern to celebrate the 10th title in a row um, against them. Um, But at the same time, it just doesn't have that same sort of... First of all, I personally hate the classical term because that's a term reserved for another German game. But how do you feel about all of this? It's interesting. I mean, one, the game in itself... It, it doesn't like really matter in terms of the grand schemes of how the season's going to play out, but there is two big factors for Dortmund that I think that they need to think of. And we were talking before we started recording here about someone at some point needs a, to take down Bayern and end this, this streak. There's also another streak going on between Dortmund and Bayern. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Manuel, you might know, but Dortmund have lost seven consecutive competitive matches to Bayern in a row. If they lose this, it's eight. And then on top of that, they get to watch Bayern celebrate their 10th consecutive title. So, for for those little things, I mean, it started. I remember when the streak started. Like it's like okay, all of a sudden now it's three games in a row. Now it's four, five, six, seven, and and it's like when is it gonna end? When is Dortmund even gonna get a draw? They've lost seven consecutive times. From what I understand, I don't think this match is gonna go much differently. I think it's gonna be eight, and Bayern will be celebrating pretty hard. So it's just this is supposed to be the second best team in Germany. It's supposed to be a team that's supposed to compete with Bayern, and it just really has been one sided for so long now. Yeah, this would be number eight. Um, you know where you saw that, right? Bayern Munich's US account, of course, tweeted it. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, I've been counting it. I every oh, single been it. honestly wanted Bayern the two. <laughs> hand, hand, hand to God, I've been counting it because I don't know. You're, you're watching it because like you're looking at the last few matches every yeah. time they start playing, and I'm like, oh God, like like you know, loss, 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 and that's why I knew it right off the top of my head. But I just wanted to confirm that that I was right. Does that include? So I was. I think at Super Cups Dortmund. too. It includes Super Cups too. Yeah. Okay. So I was at Dortmund's last win over Bayern. Is that a Super Cup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the two nothing one. On right? August third, two thousand and nineteen. Right. I believe that sounds right. It's not, it was under. So you know right? why I know this because I actually flew for flew from from Canada to Germany just for that game. Um, I was doing a media event with the DFL. And um, this is the craziest story that you will ever hear. 
they contacted me the week before and they're like, we want you to go to this game. Um, and I was doing quite a lot of work with the DFL at the time. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, like you realize I'm in Vancouver right now, right? Like I'm planning to come to Germany in a bit, like to do a bunch of work there, but like you realize I'm in Vancouver. And they're like, no, 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 no problem. We'll fly you to Germany. You do the game and then we fly you straight back. So I spent 23 hours in Germany from Vancouver did this game and it was my birthday too <laughs> my birthday is August 3rd so I can remember quite well the last time Dortmund beat Bayern because I did this game with the most weirdest I didn't even have time for jet lag Josh that's I'm I'm so jealous you literally got flown, <laughs> flown to the classic you gotta watch you gotta watch Dortmund win it was almost almost three it was three years ago basically yeah <laughs> it happened once three years ago yeah, um, but yeah, like, oh God, like time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, that was the last time. Um, and you know what? It was weird too, because that game kind of made you feel like that maybe that was the year that Dortmund could win it. Because that was coming off the back of, I think, the season they missed out by a couple points. Yeah. And then they won, the they won, Alcacer scored in that match, I remember as well. And then all things mm-hmm. looked good. And then it kind of, the wheels fell off. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, Wow, three years ago. Feels like a lifetime. Of course, there was two years of COVID in there too. And I think this, like, that's an interesting point too with the two years of COVID, right? Um, because, and I think this is maybe why Bayern, and this is, I think why Bayern are going to probably win the eighth in a row and the 10th title because this is the first time in pretty much over two years that they'll be able to f- celebrate a title properly with their fans at the Marienplatz in the Allianz Arena. You know what I mean? Like, because like, do the last two championships really count for them? Like, yeah, they got the trophy, but it was empty stadiums. Like, it wasn't the same as this. There's going to be 75,000 people at the Allianz Arena. And, you know, like, um, my colleague at Transfer, my new colleague at Transfer, Stefan Bienkowski is going to be at the game. So there's going to be international media at this game. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I think for Bayern, there'd be like, this is a really big match for us because this is going to be the first time we're going to be able to celebrate a title with our fans in three years. And on top of it, what a better way to distract, not distract, but, you know, get some better news on the fact that you just crashed out to Villarreal in the Champions League. That's, I mean, it's just what Bayern's been about. They've been about winning. What what their season is based off of is almost how well do they do and how many trophies do they win, especially in the Champions League. And losing in the quarterfinal it's tough losing to Villarreal in the quarterfinals almost terrible so I mean Nongelsman is going to want to get his guys fired up they're at home they're taking on Dortmund what better way to celebrate the 10th consecutive title so I just I can't see this match going any other direction like you've already mentioned nine players Marco Rosa said that's not going to be there it's I, I, I don't know I don't have a great it's not like Bayern's been playing great but I just don't see this match going any other way yeah, I mean, either. Like, the thing is, too, like, there's so much other stuff going on at Bayern Munich right now, right? The, the whole Lewandowski saga. Um, the fact that some players internally seem to be unhappy with um, Julian Nagelsmann's coaching, um, coaching methods. Um, you know, the good news, of course, is that Thomas Müller and Manuel Neuer seem to have renewed their contracts. I think that's that's pretty much done. Um or is done, signed, just not announced yet. And I think we're going to get an announcement. I I wouldn't be surprised, Josh, if they win the title and they're going to be announcing it right there and then. 
And I mean, that's funny what you said, because I kind of want to ask you a question here. And I, and I agree. I think I think the Neuer and, and Thomas Miller situations will, will figure themselves out. Lewandowski is a big one for me. But mm-hmm. uh, listening to Nogsman talk about the Villarreal match, especially the, the second leg, there was almost like an, an arrogance around him. It's, it's almost like he just assumed because it's Bayern versus Villarreal, he was going to he was going to win. So, I mean, do you think that this was a little too far of a step for him? Or do you think he's going to be able to bounce back next season? And how do you grade his uh, first season at Bayern. Well, it's a loaded question. I think I he was a little bit misquoted for this one. Um, like my friend, Carrie Howe did that quote. And it, I think it then got translated into English and you know how it is, you know, some things get lost in translation. I think Julian Nagelsmann made quite a big point about the fact that he really does respect um, Villarreal. Um, I mean, with the caveat that I have spoken to Nagelsmann in press conferences, and he he does have a. I mean, he's a very good coach. Um, he's still very young. I mean, he's younger than me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is the crazy part. And and he does have like an top to bottom kind of like almost like conversation style. Like you know, it's like almost up nosy a little bit. I don't want to say arrogant. Like you have to be a bit arrogant to be good at what you do. Like fair enough, right? I mean this guy is one of the best best at this job period. Um so I think he was a bit misquoted there. I don't think he he underestimated um Una Emery or Villarreal at all. Um as in as for his season you know, it's kind of funny how we have diminished the German championship. Um, and I, it was really interesting this week, Oli Hoeneß said like, oh, I don't understand why everyone is diminishing the German championship. And I was just thinking to myself, it's like, because you as a club have absolutely destroyed any opposition in this league. You know, like it used to mean more because there was... Yeah, Bayern, we used to win like maybe three in a row every once in a while. It didn't happen often because usually there was like a Dortmund, a Stuttgart, a Wolfsburg, a Werder Bremen. We would we would take the title away from them, you know, and maybe even not just one season in a row, like two seasons in a row. Um, so like even though Bayern were the most dominant team in this league, there was always a chance that someone else would win and a good chance of it too. And that's like completely gone, like, 10 titles in a row no one has done that in any of europe's other top five leagues and so like i think that's why we like almost have this feeling now it's like oh yeah it's just a german championship and i I personally find that very sad because like hoeneß is right it used to mean a ton um and yes it is probably still the hardest title to win because you have to do it over 34 games but like bayern munich themselves have done a lot of the legwork to to diminish this competition yeah, I mean, it's funny when you mentioned Wolfsburg because I, I remember being like really young. Like, I don't know how old I would have been, maybe 10, maybe a little younger than that. But I remember like f- like just following along from the way I, any way I could just Google whatever it was trying to find games. But I remember Bayern just, they weren't even close to Wolfsburg. I think Wolfsburg beat them 6-1 that season. So 5-1, I think. Remember 5-1? It was with, it, it, yeah. remember it was Jürgen Klinsmann was coaching Bayern. Oh man, it was incredible. <laughs> And the thing is too about that season, then the the Wolfsburgs like Bayern were in a mix, but not really. Like I think Wolfsburg's they biggest title challenger was Hertha. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what a different world. Like it was so different. It was so much more interesting. 
It it was, and that's when I started falling in love with the Bundesliga. Uh, right. And then you saw Dortmund go on their their two two championships in a row, and then mm. basically then it's been Bayern ever since. And then some of those seasons in the ten the ten consecutive they're going to win have just been absolute blowouts where it hasn't been yeah. close. There's been a couple of competitive seasons, but there's just I don't know. The Bundesliga for me was just always a league that just drew me in i just loved everything about it i can i could watch pretty much every team and, and have a smile on my face it's just it's just such a fun league to watch so i want to see it become a little bit more competitive so this is going to lead into the point that i told you before the, the podcast started that i heard you talk about on twitter and you use the term selling club you said will Bayern become and i didn't i didn't know what the full context was so i kind of want your yeah. little background about that but you said because now Nogsman expected to take over Bayern, big bad Bayern. And if maybe Lewandowski leaves, you said, are they going to maybe change the structure? Are they going to become a selling club? I'm I just very curious. I want you to elaborate a little bit on that. And if maybe we could see a very different Bayern next season. Yeah, there's this notion out there that Bayern Munich, because of COVID, might have to change their approach and um, sort of become... Um, I can't use the term light. I have to use the term plus, right? A Borussia Dortmund plus. <laughs> <laughs> rather than a Borussia Dortmund light, because that would suggest that they'd be less than Dortmund. Um, yeah, there's this idea out there that Bayern Munich could turn, you know, to make up for the financial losses during COVID, turn into a club that will sign players that they can develop and then maybe sell on with a profit for a while, you know, to sort of cover the losses. It was floated by several media. Um, it's something that has been discussed I think it's also um, a little bit of a conflict in in the upper echelons of the club as well. To be honest with you, between you know people like Oliver Kahn and Hasan Salihamidzic, um, poor Nagelsmann, of course, he he finds out about all of the stuff in the press. And um, this this idea is just to do like essentially do what Ajax and Dortmund do, just on a higher level. Ajax and Dortmund do on a higher level, or Benfica even, right? Um, I don't know how much there is to this to be quite frank you know we're still talking about a club that has the second largest or third largest um revenue of any club in the world and has the largest bank reserves of any club in the world you know like yeah granted there is no uh, russian oligarch uh, oil state to back you bail you out when things go wrong which is what happened during covid um, but in the end of the day they're still very rich and um, so I don't know how much truth there is to this. No I, I think it's a notion that's being discussed, but I don't know how it's if it's actually going to come to fruition and whether there's actually going to be acceptance for this and how they're even going to make that work, um, right? Like, how do you all of a sudden become a seller's club? Like, I don't know. And it, that's what just caught my attention so much because it just it, it intrigued me to see how Bayern would potentially change and and what it would mean because it's not like they have the deepest squad already in, in my opinion i think they have a very very strong starting 11 and if you lose and i i truthfully believe this and i would like i'm curious to get your your opinion on it as well but if you lose robert Lewandowski for next season i truthfully believe i don't know how you'd properly replace him i don't think you're gonna if it's darwin nunez who in my opinion mm. is is a great striker i don't think he's gonna put up that 30 or basically a goal a game or goal a game more i think he's gonna put up probably that maybe 16 to 20 range and and how much would that change the potential title race? Because Robert Lewandowski is just so incredible at what he does. And maybe that's one step that can make the Bundesliga more competitive is simply just yeah. Lewandowski leaving. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, I don't, I don't know what other, other big Gnabry players. Too. And that's Gnabry, what I was thinking. Gnabry, yeah. Sané would have to be one of them. Gnabry is probably going to leave too. I think he's um, like those contract negotiations went from almost being done to going really badly. 
Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is tough, right? Like you're seeing all these cornerstones of a team that won the Champions League just two years ago kind of break away. Alaba is gone, and like there was a really good art, a really good uh, ESPN video that came out um, this week from my from my good friend Archie um, with Alfonso Davies, right? And he speaks about how important David Alaba was for his development. And he's gone. He went to Real Madrid. Gnabry could be soon at Real Madrid as well. Um, Bayern Munich uh, did this late bid for Adeyemi to replace Gnabry. But Adeyemi is now signed uh, with Dortmund. You know, he's already had like personal terms agreed a long time ago. And um, they finally reached an agreement with Salzburg. Um, you know, so like... That's not happening. Um, that's that's a guy that's gone, um, gone to Dortmund. And if you lose Lewandowski, I guess you said that's forty goals gone. Like how do you like, you can't replace that? Like I did, um, I did a piece for Forbes speaking to Adrian because like we both know how well he knows Benfica, right? And like he said, like yeah, I mean this is a really good player, like a really really good player. But in the end of the day, um, he could be like Lewandowski, but he's not right now. And he will still cost you 75 million euros. And it's just to me, it's incredible that like, I know what people are trying to talk about an an actual replacement for Lewandowski, but you you said it right, man. You cannot replace that. You can't convince me someone, anyone else in the world is going to come in and put up those type of numbers. I I truthfully just don't think it's going to happen. And I I really think that one player leaving could make the Bundesliga completely open next season. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very interesting. I, I love it. I mean, I'm certain. I'm certain you do too. I want to see a more, a little bit more competitive of, of the Bundesliga. And I think simply Robert Lewandowski is just built different. Now, whatever happens to his future, I mean, he's he's broken pretty much every record there is to break. But I'm so curious to see what direction Bayern would go and if it's a Nunes strike. And, and in my opinion, Nunes is still not a finished product. I still no. think his finishing can be questionable. I I truthfully don't know if even 20 goals would be. I think again that 15 to 20, and it just it it's. It just completely breaks it open for me, and I'm I'm very curious. And then what does that mean? Because when I pick, picture Bayern over the last 10 years, I just picture that mentality. It, yeah. It's a winning culture always. What happens maybe that first season where the cracks break? What if they go trophyless next season? You know, like the example that I always think about is Juventus. Exactly. It's a great one. Right? Because like, it does feel like the same. Because I bet you you didn't think, and I didn't truthfully think it either, when they finished fourth last season. Yeah, and they're not anywhere near the title this year. And they're not anywhere near the title this year. And it, it just they won it for so long. Did they get to ten in a row? Or were they at nine? They got they, to nine. So like to Bayern nine. want to break Juventus's record. Juventus set the record at fifth nine, and then uh, Bayern equalized it last year, and they could now break it. But then the, the, the question becomes: It's like is an eleven an automatic? <laughs> and this is where I wonder, like. like Oliver Minzlaff, the um, CEO of RB Leipzig, made very clear that Nkunku is not going anywhere next year. That's so and good for the Bundesliga. It's very good for the Bundesliga. And like, I also know from people within the Red Bull hierarchy that they were very angry at Bayern for stealing Upamecano and Nagelsmann. And um, there's a very strong sense of revenge at that club. And they can very well afford saying, <laughs> okay, well... We're not going to get another one. Um, Nkunku doesn't have a release clause. Okay, you want Conrad Leimer? Hmm. Well, we would rather have him go on a free in 2023 to the Premier League than to you lot. I believe that is the case. And so I, I personally think that Leipzig have some 
very strong motivations to take that 10th, 11th title away from Bayern. And getting the right man in, I mean, getting Tedesco in, yeah. bringing them from what looked to for sure not be a, an anything season, got them into a third place position right now. They're on the, I think they're favorites, definitely favorites in probably both competitions to take home the Europa League yeah. and the Pokal. Imagine what that's going to do to attract some extra players. Say they Could do, win more titles than Bayern this year. They could. They could. And European silverware, I think, is going to go a big way. And Yeah, and I mean, a- I made that point on my on the last game pressing show, right? Like, that's the first time a team not named Bayern could win a, a trophy a, like for the Bundesliga since 1997. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Dortmund would have been last. And we got two shots at it. You got Frankfurt in there as well. Mm-hmm. So Two match I mean, balls. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm clearly, I mean, I'm sure, sure you are as well, hoping that a, a German side can take home. And I think that there's a good chance that, honestly, they're probably the two favorites. I think West Ham could be a little bit dangerous in that competition, but... For me, it's it's Leipzig and it's clear. And I think the way that Nkuku is fighting right now, I think he'd be deserved to walk away with those two bits of silverware. Yeah. I think Frankfurt-Leipzig be a fantastic final. It would. An all-German final? It'd be fantastic, yeah. man. I think we would all take that, right? Um, yeah. So should we... What's your prediction then, Josh, for the, for the game? I'm just looking at potential starting lineups here. <laughs> and I'm You're seeing trying to piece together yeah, whatever the man, left over. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you the back five, just to okay. give you an idea. This is the predicted one. I don't know if, if let me know if one of these players were any of the players that you mentioned, but uh, right wing back is Wolf. Pongacic yeah. is at the outside right center back, Akanji central center back, Zagadu left center back, Guerrero, and then hits is in dead. Yeah. So okay. Looking at that back five and then looking at a fully functional Bayern side at home, knowing that the 10th consecutive is on the road, is on the ropes with the disappointment of Villarreal. I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> three nothing maybe. Like I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Dortmund. I really don't. Mm. Yeah. Let me just go through what like the predicted lineup is for Bayern here real quick. Um, it's been a few that have put one out. I see a four-two-three-one. I got I got Neuer, Pavard, Upamecano, Hernandez, Davies, Goretzka, Kimmich, Gnabry, Musala. I think Hernandez is going to start over Davies. You think so? Mm-hmm. So then you who you'd have um, Sula? Is Sula gonna be fit? He's gonna be center back, and Hernandez at left back. Yeah, Sula's gonna play. Um, which is actually interesting too, right? Because <laughs> gets this future club. Yeah, um, nice little nice little behind the scenes storyline. I mean, just like I so here is what I think uh, because I had it written down. I I think it's going to be Neuer and goal, obviously. Pavard, Upamecano, Sule Hernandez, the back four. Kimmich Goretzka in central midfield. It's been a while since those two played together. Then Koman, Müller, Sane, Lewandowski up top. That's the. I mean, I know that's a that's the front. Four. Five. That's the front four plus the two CDMs. I'd like to see. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. I'd prefer to see Davies play if he, if he has if he can. Then keep. Yeah, I just think Hernandez is gonna play. I think. Um, uh, put Uba Makano on the bench. <laughs> I think Davies is um, not a hundred percent yet. Yeah, and we kind of saw that in, in the two legs against Villarreal. So mm. That's that's a that's a fair prediction. That's it, it's a good looking team. And then if you look at like I said, you look at Dortmund's. I mean, I just said the back five, and then it's like Emery Chan and Bellingham through the middle, mm. Brant, Royce, Holland up front. I just don't know if there's enough there to go. Then there's nothing to play for really for Dortmund. They're gonna get their second place. It's I don't know. I just I can't I can't see it. There's just there's gonna be too much. And and on top of that, 
it's almost like it's a psychological thing now when you lose seven consecutive matches to this side and a lot of ugly score lines have been in there the last few is gonna be being competitive to be fair but yeah yeah, i don't know Mana, what do you think what's your score prediction my score prediction is three two for bayern okay i I like yours more a little bit more competitive you got more hope than i do i just seen this this play out too many times yeah i i actually think dortmund will score first and second okay we've seen the score score line before too and then uh you know what's gonna happen the wake poke the bear the wake up comes on yeah and then it's gonna go all sideways from there <laughs> well there you have it yeah yeah i'm sorry for all those who don't want it. i'm just not really hopeful about marco Rose on this team and all that um, it's just how i don't think any dortmund it. fan is to be no, honest no it's <sighs> they're gonna take one look at that starting 11 and twitter's gonna freak out i'm just gonna i'm also like i think a little jaded at the moment from like what i've seen uh, from Bayern, this league, um, the way what COVID has done, I, I'm I'm looking forward to actually a full season with fans back and some normalcy. And that's not going to be next year either because Qatar is just going to mess up everything. Um, so we're like, I just looking forward to football being sort of normal again. Maybe like the season after next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I think there's going to be some mechanisms come into play that also are going to make the Bundesliga a bit more interesting in terms of like financial impacts of COVID and what it has done to Bayern and some of the top stars leaving. And, you know, I think they're going to have a hard time replacing um, Neuer and Müller once they're leaving too. Um, until then, I just don't have much hope. <laughs> um, yeah. More competitive Bundesliga, hopefully on the horizon for anyone who supports the Bundesliga. And yeah. I think I think it's something that, you know what, it's about time. It's about time. You Dortmund know. has shot themselves in the foot for too long. They had their opportunities. They didn't take it. It's probably going to be Leipzig's turn in the near future. I think so. And like some people in Germany are going to hate that. Um... The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, friendly reminder that the ultra scene is kind of like Twitter. Uh, I always joked, it's only 6% of the world is on Twitter. Don't take anything on that platform serious. And like, it's the same kind of with the ultras. They only represent about 6 to 10% in any stadium. Um, so take that opinion with a pinch of salt. You know, we will do a show on that one day, Josh. Um, I kind of want to, let's move on to our next topic because we do have a competitive league in this country. And um, it's now two match days in. And how, how did you take the start of the Canadian Premier League? Honestly, and Manuel, you're going to like hearing it, but 
Pacific FC has been the story for me. I mean, I I thought it was crazy seeing some some predictions and and not not mm-hmm. that they were gonna have they're they were gonna struggle because I don't I don't think besides that like the one one prediction I saw most I think most people probably assumed that they were going to be like top three. They mm. look so good. They look so good every every way of it. If you have an informed Marco Bustos like this all season long, they're going to be fine. He is special. He, the man looks so good. The outside of the foot cross he's he's put in, and they're flying. It's like they didn't skip a beat. And I mean, Forge looks a little iffy. They have had some injury problems so far, but I'm I'm assuming they're going to find their way. And then again, a big shout out to Atletico Ottawa, two two feisty performances, two wins. But for me, it's hands down. I've watched both Pacific matches. I loved everything I saw. Uh, really good to see Baldissimo back. I think he. I think you're you're a big fan of his as well, Fleet or um, Manuel. But I uh, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, I was about to say Philippine, uh, not Filippo. So I don't think I was going to call you the wrong name because he represents the, the Philippines now. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all smiles so far because I really just like seeing this team play. Yeah, no, I'm really happy for. Did, did, what did you make of the shirts? Oh, I love them. Oh my I think God. everyone. I think everyone did. I don't think I they saw a bad all, thing. Yeah, sadly, um, I did. I did uh, right away text someone Pacific. I'm like, can you put a shirt aside for me? Um, <laughs> amazing. That's like that's community work right there. Did you get a? Did you get a? Um, a name on the back? I will get a name on the back. I haven't decided yet. Baldissimo, he changed his number. He went from eight to sixty-six. I don't, I don't know why. His brother went to thirty-three, so I don't know if there's something going on there. I have to That's ask t- him. Yeah, you should, because I, I, I uh, kit numbers always fascinate me. Because I, as, mm. as a lot of people know, that they, they do have a correlation to what position you play. Now, sixty-six and thirty-three don't, but um, Michael switched from fifty-five to thirty-three, and his brother switched from eight to sixty-six. So. I don't know if you're able to get a, a reasoning behind that, Manuel. I mean, it, it would make me smile. Yeah, well, I will ask. It's the only thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely ask. Um, like, what did you make of the uh, some of the other games and other teams in the league so far? I mean, like for me, Pacific is obviously once again a title contender. Um, they don't look like they have they haven't missed much uh, in anything. Um, you know, a team that's done a lot of business in the offseason, and they just signed Austin Ricky as well, um, is York United. But not exactly the best start for them. No, it 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 really wasn't. It was a it was a the first there was a first match of the season. It was one that I think everyone was kind of you know excited for. And I, fun fun enough, I predicted one nothing win for. Uh, for the Wanderers with a Morelli goal. I didn't say Morelli penalty, but I just I just saw that, that that's going to be the way. I just was excited to see John Morelli back in it. Devastating news that he's going to miss this season. That's uh, that's it's really disappointing, man, because I thought they were stretched a little light up top anyways now with him going out. But he was just so much fun to watch. He played every position basically from the 6 to the 9. He was all over the park. He just wanted the ball. And it was pretty disappointing from, from York. I think they're just trying to find a new rhythm new players coming in. I think Wright's going to be in for a good season as well. I thought Wilson looked pretty decent, but it, it was honestly, it was, it was a little disappointing effort for them in their, in their home and season opener. I expected a little bit, a little bit better. And then on top of that, they go into FC Edmonton, who everybody expected just to be a disaster. And I mean, in the same match, we saw the miss of the season and the goal of the season. Uh, then they move on and they go at home again, again against York and they pull out a one, one draw. So I don't think this start really could have been any worse for York. <laughs> 
Yeah, like the the story with the the well the concussion thing is is an odd one. Um, I mean, same for Halifax, hey, with Joel Morelli. Yeah. ACL. Um, yeah, it's a disaster for the league. I mean, to lose a player. I find that one interesting too, because this is a guy that should have probably moved on. And then you lose him on an injury like that. And um, look, this league is designed to, to sell the best assets to other leagues, right? And I think he is a candidate, a player where you would have probably should have taken the money maybe from MLS. Um, and now you might end up with nothing. Yeah, and the thing that worries me, and and I was surprised that he he stayed. I mean, it's always yeah, it always is always great for the league because I mean you get to see him play. I was really excited for that first match because I just I love watching him. Now, I mean, you're right, the league is designed to get these players, but I mean it's also designed mostly, in my opinion. And you can let me know what you think, but I mean it's it it should be about getting the Canadians to the next level. Now, Bradley is a Brazilian. He had a great great season. Yes, you could have made a little bit of money on him, and maybe you should have. But going through an ACL injury is is a disaster uh not only because it's a mm. long-term injury but what type of player are you going to get back and is this going to be a reoccurring thing it's it's a really scary injury to have and it's just devastating news after after coming off an mvp season yeah yeah and a season that was supposed to define your future probably somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> yeah we thought that i honestly thought he was going to probably get picked up by an mls side um, yeah I think he's good enough. I, just, I think so too. It sucks. And that's like the part, the part I love about him is just that how much he wants the ball. And I thought he was dropping a little bit too deep. Um, in my opinion, in that first match, uh, he almost looked like, again, I was making jokes that he was playing like as a six. Didn't matter where the ball was. He wanted it. When you're kind of play, he's supposed to be playing in that nine role or false nine role. So I think he's a little too deep, but he just wants on the ball and there's good reason for it because he's just, he's just spectacular with it. Yeah. Yeah, I wish him all the best for his recovery. Hopefully, he'll come back next year. It's crazy that you like an injury like that. Season is gone. Um, that's devastating. Just absolutely devastating. Um, final one here, Josh. The CONCACAF Champions League final. Seattle against Pumas. Two-legged final, right? Um, first in Mexico. And then in Seattle. Probably a Probably good for Seattle. The second leg is home, is at home. It is in this this in the day too, when it's actually nice here. Um, <laughs> and I say here because like Seattle is like right around the corner where I live, right? Um, yeah, I think that's a big one for them. It, it is, and and I've and I've said this multiple times. So I mean, I'm sorry for continuing repeating myself, but I don't think I've said it quite yet to Manuel. And it's the fact that if yeah. MLS is going to win this competition, in my opinion, there's no better fit than Seattle. They've just I been agree. The- the best run club they've been they've just been so much fun to watch over the years and now it seems like they've got their sights on this 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 trophy and i've made this connection as well as and you've even seen it this season with like even cf montreal but teams that usually go pretty deep in the CONCACAF champions league struggle in the mls at the start and Mm. you can tell i mean seattle have not been spectacular but they have their eyes on this they have the second leg at home this is an opportunity to make history and and i would have a big smile on my face if they're able to do it because it'd be the first MLS side to do it and it's the one in my opinion that would probably deserve it the most and I truthfully think that they're the favorites Brian Schmetz is so good such a good person such a good coach he's so good like yeah, honestly he- if someone will bring this trophy home quote unquote everyone like if you're Mexican you know what I mean <laughs> um, 
it would be him. Yeah. Let's be honest here. Like, honestly, like, it would be him. And like, as you say it, uh, there's such a good organization. Like, anything, everything they do. I have, I've been fortunate enough um, to visit the Sounders um, and, like, go to a lot of their games. Obviously, they're a big rival for the Whitecaps. Um, I have no problems with that organization whatsoever. They've always been very kind. They always, you know, strive for excellence. The community work that they do in the city of Seattle is incredible. Um, Seattle is a wonderful city. I don't know if you've ever been, Josh. If you haven't, you should go. Um, the stadium is an absolutely fantastic experience. And to be honest with you, if there is anything that comes close to a dynasty in this league, I mean, we had the Galaxy, right? Um but if you have anything that comes close to a dynasty now in this league, it's probably the Sounders. It is. And with the, the league growing the way it is and, and attracting all the talent it has, to be as consistent as Seattle has is spec is it's simply spectacular. Yeah. They seem like a favorite almost every match that they play in. They're they're so fun to watch. Smith's just done such an incredible job. And I think this would be an incredible way to, to top it off and and I'd really like to see the city, and I haven't been to the city, but remember we're doing our unsackable road yeah. trip where we're going to hit up a Whitecaps game, Seattle, and a Timbers game. So, um, But I, I don't know. I'm really excited. I'm really hopeful. I, I was actually, I was the last time I was relatively hopeful that MLS side was going to take it, it was Toronto, and that, that went right you down to the wire. Probably the Seattle of the East. Yeah. And, and there was a really poor um, Chivas side. So. A lot of yeah. a lot of people think that this Puma side is is worse than that Chivas side was. I think there's that's up for d- debate, but I don't think there's any questioning that this Seattle side is full of quality all over the park. And that realistically, if they can get a result, I think even a even a draw, I, I think they should probably go for. It. But you never know; they could they could do something special in Mexico and, and go back with it with a decent performance to go for the second leg. I mean, overall, I think MLS teams were hugely improved throughout this year. I, it I was really balanced. Like all the games were pretty balanced. Um, so I don't know. It's I think it's time to just rip set the bandaid off. <laughs> yeah, rip the bandaid off. Because like honestly, when you look at the quality of the two leagues, the, the difference isn't there anymore. And for some odd reason, you know, Mexican teams have a better mojo. Maybe it's better history. It's more culture. All of those things. But like, you know, it's time. Someone from MLS has to win this trophy. And I'll absolutely be backing Seattle to do it. And I think, I truthfully think that they will. Even though the Pumas, we got, should give a little bit of love to them because they've had a cool, they've had a cool road to the final as well. I don't think a lot of people would have assumed that Pumas was going to go on this, this also, deep run. they have the best shirt in CONCACAF. They do. I own a Puma <laughs> shirt. Like, oh uh, my God. It's like so nice. Like the, the fact that there is a Puma or slash Cougar on the shirt is just amazing. Now, I own a very similar one, but it's Tigres, so that's funny. We'll have to rock those for one day. Yeah, but. we should um, go to a Liga Max game. Where No, like, honestly, like, Pumas has always been, like, I just, from, like, I always remember Pumas has been always, when I went to Mexico City, I was straight away bought one of their shirts because I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, like, I don't know. I, I love when teams stick to one shirt design. You got a dark you know, blue and dark blue and yellow. Is that is that the way? No, it's a, it's dark blue with a white uh, cougar white? head on it. Yeah, because it's the university. It's a university team, right? It's owned by the yep. university, um, and so they always stick to that. And I just love when teams always stick to one design. Like you know that Ajax are going to have the the middle 
red thing in the middle, like every year, you know, consistently, this is going to be the shirt, um, you know, and I just love, I love teams that have that. You just like, you know, you don't have to wonder what the design of the shirt will be next year because it's always the same. And I have a huge amount of respect for teams that do it. Like I lost so much respect from Barcelona when they like changed the design. Like, how dare you change the design? <laughs> like, seriously, how dare you? Well, I mean, the like, times are changing. The Spotify camp new, you know. No, I honestly, I'm seriously, I'm disgusted. Like, <laughs> you can't change something like that. You can't go through the entire history of the club and play in red and blue stripes. You know, make every single jersey like that and then change it. Like, how it's would you fair. and I feel when Ajax do this? Like, like that's what secondary shirts are for. I know I'm digressing into a completely different topic, but I was <laughs> disgusted. Absolutely disgusted when that happened. Because it speaks to the culture of the club. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely get what, get what you're saying. And it's like, I'm pretty sure, um, think, I can't remember exactly what club it was, but it was like it, the main colors were red and their, their rivals were blue and they had their home main kit as blue for the season. It might have been United. I don't fully remember. Exactly who it was, but there was just oh. huge, massive backlash, and it's just like you're right. The, the amount of kits that are out there in a the season. I mean, you got your cup kit, you got your away kit, you got your home kit, you got your third kit. Yeah. I mean, there was a blackout kit. Dortmund did one season. Like play with those. Like, yeah, like make one of those it. Yeah, but like I know there's teams out there that don't have the tradition and they have changed their home shirts many times. Okay, fair enough. You can do whatever you want, but if you are a club like Ajax or Barcelona was or Pumas. You don't dare changing that shirt. Don't dare do that. <laughs> That's fair. Madrid. I guess Madrid would be a good one as well. Yeah, just play in white. Just play in um, white. You know, Hamburg they always play with red pants. I've always liked Hamburg's kids. You know, yeah. like, their nickname is the Rothosen, the red pants. It's like, <laughs> don't you dare change those red pants. Don't do it. Don't. Uh. Absolutely don't do it. No, like, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, so for oh, that I reason, Manuel's going for Seattle. <laughs> no, Puma's yeah, somewhere. because like, <laughs> they never changed their rave green. They haven't. No, they haven't either. You know, and like people will say, like, oh, there's not much history there. It's like Seattle's been around since 1972. Give me a break. Like, this is an original NASL team. Okay, not an original founding NASL team, but you know what I mean, like. That's the thing with the three Cascadia teams. They've been around before MLS was around. And which is probably also another nice touch on them, maybe breaking that duck and winning that trophy is like, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a quote unquote original. I know they're not an NASL original either, but like, you know what? It's going to be quote unquote a team that has pre-MLS history. And I think that's kind of neat. I, I agree. I, I don't think, like, I seriously don't think there's a better team I, I could ask for. Um, yeah. Even with the Cascadia teams, I mean, Portland's got themselves into some trouble recently, and so mm. is Vancouver. So, I mean, Seattle's the clean ones here that are just walking into a final, and I think they're going to have MLS back in them. And even, I mean, basically Canada, and I think any MLS fan from Canada and US, I think, should back them. Yeah, I think so too. All right, but I think we threw all our topics. It was fun. Um, We'll have to do this. Well, we'll do this again soon, very soon. Next week, we'll be back. Um, yeah, this was awesome. Leave us a review, guys. And um, let us know. Ask us questions, all that sort of stuff. Um, always looking forward to hearing from, from our listeners. And uh, we'll be back soon with another show. Until then, cheers and bye-bye. Bye. -bye.